You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. TechFan Podcast number 496, almost at 500, David, a milestone. Is it a, is it a milestone? No, not really. <laughs> it's a it's a fake milestone. Um, it's it kind what? of is because I mean, you know, it, it, we started the other show, Geeks Pub. Yeah, I have no idea how many that's on. No, if we would have just kept doing this show and just incorporate the data or the content from that show, we'd be up closer to six hundred right now. So, <laughs> yeah, so, all right. The, these things are all significant to our lizard brains and nothing else. It's it, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, welcome to Tech Fan, everyone. Yep. It was uh, a couple weeks now, just nothing but great tech news. All right. Yeah. No, I, I, that, I wrote that down wrong. Sorry. I was looking yes. at my show, show notes from 1997. Um, from, uh, for, the, for listeners who can't get it. Tim's a bit grouchy this morning. <laughs> I got a blistering headache. Yeah. That's from all the tech news, obviously. Yeah, I was trying to keep up with it all. It just couldn't... My brain couldn't process that much good news. So, so here's the question. Okay. Is the... At what point do you think that um, all the tech companies, but Apple in particular, will get off the annual upgrade train uh, and, you know, just say, well, we'll... We'll ship it when it's done, and we won't change it till we've got fantastic new features. Um, all they have to do is look at Rockstar Games. <laughs> right. That's exactly okay. what they do. They're, they never ship. They never ship anything until they've got something incredible. That's pretty much right. Yeah. 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 Did, okay. Well, have you seen uh, GTA Six yet? No. I mean, it's, I, it, they, they're the still milking GTA Five ten years later. Well, I think I think you could argue that Apple does plenty of milking as well. Oh well, yeah. Um, so, going into this Apple announcement, I had low expectations because, as I was saying to you before the show started, these this product, there's nobody screaming, "Oh, the iPhone's great!" If it only just did this really useful thing that it doesn't do, there's nobody screaming that because it does pretty much everything, and most smartphones do. Yeah, they've all got a broadly similar set of features. They've all got great cameras. They play video. They do all sorts of cool things. Um, you know, lots of little features around the edges. But that's kind of really where we are now is that every year they update them and it's just kind of noodling. Uh, so we get slightly modified case design. We maybe get different features, different colors or non-colors in this case because Apple's ones kind of apparently in, in the flesh look all white with a hint of whatever color is meant to be in there. Um, the new cases, by the way, the suede cases are awful. Apparently, I hear so. No, yeah, that's not a, apparent. I got to play with one, which means right. I, I held it for about 30 seconds. It's yeah. I The moment I held it, I was like, well, every piece of lint in my pocket is going to be sticking to this. And the guy that right. was, who owned it, he said, yeah, my cat's fur is already sticking to it like crazy. It's terrible. I'm sending it back. So I, I think one of the, you know, it wasn't really so subtle because they did a 20-minute segment that was received in a, in a mixed way. I thought it was bold, perhaps a little bit too long, and had too many non-actor Apple people in it for it to really be successful. But they did this whole Mother Earth environmental thing, and that was very much the theme of this year's keynote. And I, I really applaud them what they're doing. They are 
trying to get their products to be carbon neutral. And that doesn't mean just when they make them. That means for the entire life of the product, including for when you own it. So all the use you make of it, all the charging and everything, and then recycling it at the end is carbon neutral. If they can pull that off, that's a really massive achievement. And they're probably one of the only companies in the world who, who, who would be doing that. But the problem is, I don't think it sells very well. And they very much emphasized all the environmental credentials this year round in their keynote. Um, and the part of, part of you sitting there thinking, well, they're talking about this because um, they haven't really got much else to talk about in terms of changes to the actual products. Because the product segments were considerably shorter than all the environmental stuff, if you looked at the whole keynote. And the the issue, I think, is I get the impression with the fine woven is that relatively late in the day they decided this was the angle they were going for and then they said oh we can't have leather cases if we're going for carbon neutral because carb uh, leather even if the cows are being killed for meat um leather coming from cows is a really big has a really big co2 impact because cows have a really big co2 impact so it it looked to me like they decided late in the day or relatively late in the day we need to get rid of leather and we want to replace it with something else. And they came up with this product. And it, it just s- smells to me like it's just not been developed or tested enough. Because they, they're kind of pitching it as, you know, it feels as nice. It's as high quality as, as leather is. And the problem is it's nowhere near as durable as leather. Yeah, it's um, I, I saw a toot from um, Federico Vidici over at Mac Stories this morning. Where he said he went out for dinner last night, put his... Uh, iPhone in its new fine woven case down the table and when he picked it up this morning which you know he lives in Italy um, they tend to have quite a lot of uh, coloured and greasy food around the table he said but obviously he's been using iPhones for many many years this morning he picked the case up and it had a stain on it and he said I've never had a stain on my case ever No. Um, (laughs) and obviously it's because it's made of fine bits of cotton you know and um, that's not good. And, and also, apparently, it scratches to high hell because, again, it's made of fine bits of cotton and that scratches really easily. I, I don't understand why Apple would go this route on this case. Just stupid. Well, I think they were hoping it would be all right. It's and it not turns all right. Out it, it isn't all right. No. And these things would be forgivable if the cases were 15 bucks or were bundled with the phones. But no, these are $60 cases. Yeah, uh, like the or or ninety not ninety nine dollar cases, like the old ones used to be, and um, yeah, they I <laughs> something tells me the carbon footprint of these uh, cases is going to be fairly high because there's going to be piles and piles of them unsold in boxes in the back of Apple stores. I think. Uh, well, let's be honest. The most popular thing in the Apple ecosystem that's not Apple is iPhone cases. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, this is the weird thing. Apple designs these beautiful, lightweight phones, and it goes on about the materials they're made from, and you know how they've uh, the 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 iPhone 15 has a glass back that's infused with color, rather than you know like color glasses. A new Apple invention they were going on about. And it's just like you know I think they had that back in the medieval ages, but um, yeah, they 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 build these beautiful phones and because we pay nearly a thousand dollars for them the first thing we do all most of us when we get them is slap them in a case because we don't want to drop them or break them yep and um you know i do try and use clear cases so i can actually see what the phone looks like underneath 
Um, but a lot of people don't. A lot of people choose to have cases with colors and that sort of thing. And um, yeah, you could. Well, it's a way to personalize it because exactly. that's the only kind of personalization you can have on a, a whether it's an Apple or an Android, it's pretty much it. The case. Well, what yeah, case do you have on there? You can choose the finishes and colors that Apple sells you. Um, but actually, as I said, this year, I mean, they have four or five colors for the iPhone 15. But as I say, most people say that, uh, and certainly from the videos I've seen, it's very difficult. The color is so subtle, it's virtually like it's not there. It's yep. white with a hint of whatever the color is. So um, most of the iPhones, if you, if you go caseless, are going to look kind of white in most lights and uh and that's going to inc- inc- incline more people to personalize them well um, one thing happened and this is um, following an apple trend remember the original ipod in the first couple of years it had that um 30 pin connector on it yep eventually apple got rid of that mm-hmm. um and then they went to the lightning cable well, yeah, I think, I think it was about the iPhone 5 yeah. they went to the Lightning, and, and it was a big improvement, because the 30-pin cable was terrible. Really was des- well, it was designed for a previous era. It was designed when you had when you had literally proprietary cables for everything, uh, and also as well, it was designed in an, area when, in an era when there weren't common protocols for high-speed data transfer, and that's what you needed for the iPod, because it had a lot of data on it. So Lightning was, well... At the time, I think Lightning was pretty revolutionary because it was it was kind of like USB C is now, yep. small, reversible, um, kind of foolproof, much more reliable and uh, less clunky than the thirty pin case, the thirty pin connector. So I was kind of glad to see Apple change and go to USB C. It makes well, all the sense in the world. Yeah, well, at this point, the iPhone's an outlier because there's been a lot of hay made over, oh, well, the EU forced them to because EU has mandated USB-C. And that is true, but I think this was a direction they were going in anyway because all the iPads have USB-C connectors. Well, I think the biggest reason is so many people are starting to shoot high-resolution video and it takes forever, dude, to transfer a, a large video file over Lightning. It's so slow. It was faster well, to airdrop, to be honest. Yeah, than... unfortunately, unfortunately, the regular iPhones still have USB two ports yeah. in the USB C, so that that is the same. Yep. It's only the pros that get the high speed ports. Correct. Um, but I, I I don't think it's just that. I think you know the the problem is we have kind of gone back to the position now. If I look at the cables I carry with me, I've got loads of USB C stuff, and then I have one or two Lightning cables which I use for my. Um, my iphone and, and maybe my uh, airpods and everything else is USB-C. so we've gone from the situation where uh, it used to be that that you had a lot of lightning stuff because everything apple every apple device you had was lightning but now only the iphone the airpods are and everything else is USB-C. so the iphone has become the outlier so that's why i think that even without the eu decision to mandate it i think USB-C would have come to the iphone eventually anyway i, I think so um, as well that's what um, that was my point they needed to yeah, do something because the exactly. protocol they were using was so outdated it was kind of a um, joke lo and behold sure enough people have been plugging all sorts of USB-C devices into their new iphones and finding they all work oh you want an external display no problem just plug it in yep you want uh, uh you want 
headphones just plug USB-C headphones in you don't need special lightning ones all of this stuff just works you want to transfer some files just put a USB-C thumbstick in there it sees it fine which is a credit to Apple well it's it's a it's credit for them doing it you could ask why did they do it a long time ago oh I would that's um, the first thing I would always say but yeah. At least they may, finally made it here. I mean, yeah, because let's face it, there were rumours that when um, the EU started talking about get uh, you know forcing USB C, there were rumours that maybe Apple would go completely wireless and uh, MagSafe only. Um, there were rumours that they would just put a dongle in the box and try and get away with it that way. Um, you know, yeah, they've done it, and um, ultimately, in a few years' time, when everyone's got USB C iPhones, we'll kind of forget Lightning ever existed. But, yeah, until um, you need to use something on an iPhone and or you got some old peripheral that, yeah, oh, now I need know. an adapter. The weird thing is is that this is intended to reduce e-waste by having everything use the same connector. But the problem is there's a lot of lightning stuff out there that's going to get thrown away over the next few years as people migrate away from the old phones. you got to so, make the transition um, at some point, though. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I yeah. found an old, um, it's like a speaker that you could zip closed. Uh, I can't remember who makes it now. And the I, the iPod would actually dock inside of it. It was like a little right between the two speakers. Yeah. Um, oh, I had one of those, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it silver. Was the, um, silver with a kind of white plastic yes. inside. Yes, That's yep. right, yeah. And actually, it was a really good speaker. And it, it built-in was. battery. Yeah. It was a really, really nice-sounding speaker. Yep. Yeah, I remember that one. I yep. had that one, too. I, I, I came across one in a, in a box in the basement. I threw it away, don't get me wrong. It, but, you know, I looked at it, I was like, this was kind of a very innovative little thing at the time. I really yeah. liked it. Um, I liked it so much that I didn't toss it out when I knew I was probably never going to use it again until I got to now, and I'm like, okay, this has got to go. Um, but you're going to come across stuff like that forever when it comes to lightning. That's going to be yep. forever. <laughs> Do I get rid of this yet? Well, okay, yeah, I guess I should. So, I mean, the, the way this actually works is that um, smart people – when they when they get the new iPhone, they gather up all the lightning cables and they put them in a box, pro- uh, prominently marked lightning cables, and they put it on a shelf somewhere. Because what will happen is over the next few years, you'll find all of these lightning peripherals turn up on eBay for buttons, for cheap, because nobody's yep. using them anymore. Yep. And you can get some cracking stuff as long as you've got lightning cables to yes. use with it. Exactly. So actually, the smart thing is, you know, gather those things up. I mean... The situation for me, I am. Um, this is the year that my my. It's two years since my last work phone, so I'm getting an iPhone 15 from the office, and um, that's fine. But everyone else in the house still has Lightning phones, so. Um, well, I'm on a two-year cycle. Um, yeah. Not because I've got any kind of a plan or anything. I don't remember if I bought this iPhone outright or I just put it as part of my plan and pay as I go. Yeah. It's the same price regardless. I just, you know. The, I know for a fact the last one I just bought outright, and I think that yep. was the 13. Yep. And so, no, that was earlier, because this is the 14 I'm using now. So it doesn't matter. I'm on about a two-year cycle anyways. Yeah. I don't see enough change between one year to the next, unless it's a complete something like the iPhone 5 when it came out. Yeah, well, so basically the iPhone 15 is effectively most of the guts of the iPhone 14 Pro from last year. Um, the camera module is still smaller, but apart from that, it's pretty much the same. So you are getting a last year's Pro phone in this year's 15 case, which, yeah, is a nice upgrade. But um, I, if I had a 14, 
uh, I probably won't be upgrading, but I'm on a 13 where the battery's going, so yeah. um, I am, and uh, I'll be happy with it. But yeah, I don't, I don't expect it to really kind of change my life. Funnily enough, I'm actually, um, I had to give my my iPhone to uh, Leanne, my work iPhone, because hers basically the battery just went, and we did, she had an SE too. We decided it was better to stick her on a newer phone than that. So she's been using mine, and I grabbed a uh, an iphone 13 mini from the office and i've been using that while i'm waiting for my 15 to come in um <clears> and actually you know what this the 15 is a really nice phone the sorry the 13 mini is a really nice phone just a shame the battery is just a bit poor but uh apart from that you it's know, almost always it's, the case it's either a broken screen or the battery's going well it's not the battery's going on this so the battery's actually in pretty good health it's at 91 percent or something but it's just physically smaller Yep. because the phone is smaller yes. and that just means that it doesn't quite get you through the day so i'm in that situation i haven't been for a long time where kind of towards the end of the day i'm thinking about maybe you know can i get the phone on charge for half an hour or so just to to tide me through um and yeah that's that's a, i guess that's one of the reasons why they killed the mini because because they couldn't fix that problem but um apart from that you know what it's uh it's amazing how nice these little phones are compared to the giant ones we all carry nowadays. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. What's the other new Apple product that you got? So I'm, I'm, I've ordered a, a Apple Watch Ultra 2. Uh, and this is because, um, as I recounted, I got, I, I got used to being able to... I've gotten to sleep tracking quite a lot. And um, I got used to being able to sleep track with the Garmin I had while I was on holiday for seven days without charging it. Um, but I don't want to wear that as my watch all the time. So um, I want an Apple Watch. And I've been doing sleep tracking with Apple Watch. And basically my uh, my routine is I get up in the morning. I take the watch off my wrist because it's been tracking my sleep overnight. I put it on to charge while I'm in the shower. And then I put it on, do the rest of the day. And then in the evening before I, uh, I come up, when I'm, while I'm getting ready for the bed, I put it on to charge. Uh, and then I put it on my wrist when I get into bed. And uh, I just want something with a larger battery. And... Bearing in mind that this year the the so the the only larger battery I, uh, Apple Watch they sell is the Ultra, so I was expecting I was going to buy one of last year's Ultras, maybe used or something like that. But bearing in mind that they have actually substantially upgraded the internals this year on the watch for the first time in three years, I figured I should probably get the current one, and that will hopefully last me longer than if I'd bought last year's. I think if I bought last year's, then I would have been wanted to change it relatively quickly whereas i'm hoping this this one will last me three years or so i think it probably will um yeah i bought my and, Apple and that's Watch. a good thing because they are they are expensive compared yeah, to they are not cheap the, yeah I, I think i paid uh well i paid yeah the going price which is slightly cheaper in the uk this year because the pound is stronger than it was against the dollar so it's actually dropped by 50 pounds but um then you know something that expensive so it's 800 pounds you still need apple care on it because it's an £800 device, and you don't want to break an £800 device. So that's another £100. So £900 for a watch is a lot of money. Um, um, I don't even know what the current generation is, to be honest, on the Apple Watches. I, I can't keep up with them. But I, the, the one I've got right now is my third. The first one right. was the first Apple Watch. Then I got the three. I know that. The yeah. battery swelled on me eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was getting a little warm on my wrist. That's what prompted me to stop and look at it. I went, oh. Um, and what the one I got now, I think I got, I'm going to say two years ago, it might've been a year and a half, but whatever. Uh, so it's not the most current one, but it, for what I use, it does everything. 
Does the face stay on all the time? Yes. It does. So you've probably got a Series 7. Okay. That might which be is right. What, which is what I'm currently wearing. Yeah. Um, and it works fine. That I don't yeah. track my sleep or anything. Um, yeah. Here's a... And here's where... I know you've got a story for this one, and it just came up. Um, my alarm clock in my bedroom was acting wonky. Two days in a row, I turned on the alarm, and it didn't go off. And then the little button that said that the alarm was on wasn't on. And it yeah. wasn't one of those things that I just woke up and turned it on, because I usually beat the alarm by about five minutes. Yeah. Um, so two nights in a row. So that made me stop trusting this $15 bedside you know, alarm clock. Yeah. So I thought, well, wait a minute. Apple has this new thing on the new iOS. What is it? 17? 17. Yeah. yeah. That if you turn it to the side on a charge pad, it goes into like a, a, a clock mode. There's different not, things that you can kind of. Not even through. on a charge pad. Just if you turn it on its side and leave yeah. it there. Well, yeah. My phone's always charging at night. So yeah. I put a uh, MagSafe little stand that i bought for like 10 bucks which by the way did not come with the power brick no they don't they don't because it's, that's the expensive bit hmm. it pisses <laughs> it, me off true. i, I left is, it a one star that is the expensive bit because, yeah i know yeah because they say oh magsafe charger <laughs> except this bit except bring your own charger it's yes. um it's it's very very disingenuous i had to uh, dig around until i finally found one but i yeah. found one so i thought i would give this a shot and it honestly it it really worked really really well um Mm -hmm. i didn't do it last night because today's sunday and i didn't have to set the alarm and i woke up later than i should have which is odd because i must have woke up my normal time thought no it's sunday go back to sleep um which probably is what gave me the blistering headache by the way yeah so I really like the feature. I like how once the lights go out, it really dims. And it really yeah. does, at least on one of the faces that I selected, the big digital clock one, really does look like a bedside alarm clock. Yeah. It's not a whole lot different than what I had before. The difference, of course, is that I have to tell Siri what time to wake me up. Yeah. Um, I like it. I think it's a cool feature. But your problem with it is... So... <laughs> I forgot this feature existed, and just before we started recording, so my setup here is I have a uh, a record a Zoom recorder that's connected via Bluetooth to my phone that's running wire, and that's how we can hear each other. Um, and I'm locally recording my audio here. So my, as I said, I'm on an iPhone Mini 13 at the moment, and I've got a trip to do. I'm going down to London later on today, so I thought, oh, I better charge it while I'm sat here talking to you, then it won't run out of charge and I'll have enough top up for heading down to London later on today. So as we all know, the iPhone uh, charging port is on the bottom. So I turn the phone on its side. I'm, I have it in a case that has a little kickstand at the back to, uh, and I brought up our notes and uh, there I go. I happily charging. I think away. it has to be on a charger for that feature to kick on david maybe maybe it is but i am charging it at the moment so anyway so i turn it on its side and sure enough just before we start recording it goes into the the clock mode standby i think it's called right and you know it popped to be fair to apple it popped up a window telling me about this new mode and i just clicked okay because because you do don't you yep. you don't sit there reading all the window no. and then it goes in standby mode and i'm going i'm poking it. i'm going how do i get it out of this no idea. Yep. How do I turn it off? No idea. 
and I, I I was saying to you this is I think this is one of the problems with um, Apple's yearly updates and all the features thing and I'm, I've encountered this on the watch as well is they change stuff but they might tell you about it in the keynote but they actually don't tell you how it works in practice and so unless you go and you know kind of copiously read loads of reviews you might come across features that you've no idea where they came from how what to do about them how they really work and this was the situation with this i'm because what i'm swiping up for the bottom thinking well if i just go home maybe it will just go away and it wouldn't and uh then the other problem of course is to turn it off when i I figured out what was going so i picked the phone up turned it vertically it went away which is obviously what it's designed to do um but i need to turn it off and and i couldn't remember what it was called and i'm looking through settings going well where where will it be where will it be and you know that is apple's a problem apple's problems they give something a name and if you don't know what the name is god damn you're going to be struggling to find it in settings oh yeah i've run into that problem more than once on the iphone yeah and we you are know? tech experts and we're like how the it, hell do you do this uh, exactly and also as well so uh, i'm i'm a little bit peeved about the changes they've made to uh, watch os when you're talking about watches is because it used to be that if i clicked on my uh, crown yeah i would get a, i would get a list of favorite apps and if i double clicked on the crown then it would go to the most recent app I'd use and bring that to the front. And I really like that because I have um, a Keylock app on my phone and my watch that opens our office door in the office. So what would happen is in the morning I would bring up the Keylock app on my watch, use it to open the door and go in the office. And then for the rest of the day, anytime I want to go in my office, I just double click my watch and there it is. Yeah, They've changed it now. So if you get a single click, you get your list of all your apps. And if you do a double click you get a list of the apps you've used most frequently, but there's no names on them, so you have to try and figure out which, which what app Tiny is which from icon. how it looks. Yeah. It's, no, it's not like... It's like, a scre- it's like a screen, but you have to recognise what the screen of the app looks like to actually be able to find it in the list. Um, and that is, I tell you from my experience, it's not easy. And then um, now when you press the button you get the uh, thing that you used to swipe up from the bottom, the control center. Yep. And then if you swipe up from the swipe up, like to get the control center, you get this list of widgets, yep. which is meant to be intelligent and to show you the most recent things you need to see. So if you've got a new calendar appointment coming up, it comes in if, um, you know, but the problem is the widgets only from what I can see so far are only Apple apps. Shocking. And so, are you kidding? None of, oh my gosh, none that's of so the, shocking. None of the apps that I want to be in there are in there, and there's no way now to actually set a list of, I want a quick way to get to these three or four apps, short of putting them on a complication, which I, I the complication is already doing other things. So I, actually, I've found it's made my Apple Watch slightly worse than it was before, because now if I want to get my sleep app or I want to get to my door lock app, I have to do a little bit of fiddling. I know what Apple's answer would be. It would be just use Siri. But yeah, I don't use Siri because it's not that reliable. Um, you know, so uh, yeah, the other the other app I use all the time is Authy, which is the one that gives you your secondary one-time password codes. Yep. Now, I used to be able to just double-click my watch and then it was one of the favorite apps. So it was right, and you could, organize, you could order that list. So we always had it right at the top. Uh, and now, if I... If I, and now I can't do that. And if I use Siri and I say to say to my watch, Authy, it thinks I say coffee and it shows me all the nearest coffee shops. 
<laughs> That's actually kind so, of funny. <laughs> yeah. So I want to log into my account, and instead it's trying to sell me coffee. Oh, so um, I'm hoping that some sort of, uh, I, and again, I'm sure there are people screaming, just use, you know, such and such app that does shortcuts or something that, that allows you to do that. And I, I just haven't had time to sit down and figure that out. But the point is, I shouldn't <laughs> kind of peeved that I now need to sit down and research a way to bring back functionality that was there before. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> and that Apple now thinks, you know, I, 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 I just, so I understand, you know, the, the magical experience of, you know, look, we'll use AI and we we'll use the neural engine and everything to figure out what you want to do and have that information surfaced when you want to. But it doesn't always work. And there are times you just want, you know, let me decide what I want to run when I want to run it and make give me an easy way of doing that. I'm hoping that when I get my Ultra, because it's got an extra control, it's got the button on it, that maybe there's a way for me to reinstate that functionality or maybe they will they will bring it back as part of um ios 10.1 uh, watch os 10.1 or 10.2 because i'm be sure nice. there will be other people going where's my list of favorite apps gone um i don't know i don't think they'll bring it back because it's nope. a it's a system level thing you know what i mean it's one of those things that apple did because they think this is the better way of doing it yep and Apple is not known to go, oh, people don't like it, so we'll change it back. That's that's yeah. not in their DNA. They've so. never been that way. But hey, Snoopy watch face, so swings and roundabouts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um Yeah. I made a purchase this week. Well come on then. Last Lay week on technically. Me. So I'm about to give up with virtual tables now, pinball tables. Mm-hmm. It's such a kludge and terrible, and it's so homegrown, and there's no, it doesn't seem like there's any real experts that's out there to help people like me who don't have, you know, 40 plus hours to fiddle with this shit just to get it to work. Yeah, so it's the Linux problem. It's open source, and you either know it inside out, or you're a noob who doesn't who deserves nothing but insults anytime you ask a question. Yeah. 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 And unlike uh, say arcade gaming or any of the emulation stuff that you could just download an image from a website and install it and then it just works. Yeah. With minimum setup when it comes to controls and stuff. The virtual pinball stuff is just awful. It is just the worst kludgy shit that I've ever seen. Yeah. But I thought maybe one of the problems is I'm trying to use a very much an underpowered PC. Mm-hmm. And so I made a decision because Cole's also joining the um, the gaming school thing. There, there's an, an actual school team for video games now. Oh, like, uh, like an eSports team? Yes, yes. And, and you're saying his school has an eSports team? Yep fantastic yep and there's scholarships available and blah 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 and they they look at not just how you play but your character and how you react when you lose which cole needs to learn big time (laughs) um he does he is a sore sore loser (laughs) is he that guy you see on youtube is like throwing things through his tv and swearing and (laughs) uh yeah he does a little bit of that yeah. But there's always an excuse on why he, he lost. Of course, yeah, yeah. But the real excuse is he lost and he's not happy about it. Yes. And so yeah. he needs to learn. Yeah. And I, I'm hoping that 
joining this esports team will help him do that. Yeah. And they have games from like PS5 and Xbox and Nintendo, but they also have some PC stuff. Now, right. I guess whatever one you're best at, the two that you're best at are the ones that they'll kind of focus on. But we don't have a gaming PC here. I mean, yeah. as much as we love our Macs, they're not gaming PCs. At they are, any. I, th- I think. Whatever. However, uh, what was it they rolled out this year? Death Stranding on the uh, on yeah. the iPhone. It's you know it's. Um, I, in fact, I read a little article about it. it. Said every couple of years, you know, Apple will wheel out a developer and talk about how this year. Yes. This new technology they've been now they're on, now they're serious. GPU support, uh-huh. yeah, means that games are coming and they're going to be awesome and all that. And last year they did the same with the Mac with the with new GPUs and the new Metal Plus or Metal Two, whatever it is. And everyone goes, yeah, that's that's cute Apple, but you know what? Yeah, we're going back to um, the Unreal Engine and we're going to develop our games for PCs. Exactly. Yeah. So I knew that I was probably going to need to get a gaming PC if he's going to do this. Yeah. And I also wanted to play around with the virtual pinball tables on a much more powerful machine that supports dual monitors and graphic cards yeah. and all that. So I went and I got a Skytech Gaming Nebula gaming PC. It's only an i5, but it's the current gen i5, and they're plenty yeah. powerful for what you're, what we want to do. This is GPU that counts anyway. Yeah, and this one's got a 4060 uh, NVIDIA RTX 4060. Is that good? He yeah, says, it, having, it, it's, having no idea. It's above the middle. Right. You okay. know? Yeah. And we're not going to be playing, you know, 60 or 240 megahertz at, you know, we're not doing that kind yeah. of stuff. Uh, in fact, if it's not hooked up to my mini pinball machine, it's actually in the living room right now, hooked up to the big screen because he wanted to play some Minecraft on it. Which is nice. You spend a thousand dollars for a thing yeah. to play Minecraft <laughs> in the worst graphics possible. I could have done that on yeah. my iPhone five, um, yeah. but it's got the RGB fans in the front and the inside, yeah. and the rainbow things circle around. It's distracting as hell. Uh, it it looks cool. Don't get me wrong, but the nice thing is there's an app in there that I can go in and I could change the colors or turn it off completely if I want. Yeah. Um, but it's a nice PC, but man, Windows is still kind of shitty. <laughs> you know, just the basic stuff, it does fine. But the moment you need to go in there and really start tweaking it, ugh. And Steam is kind of garbagey when it comes to setting up anything that's not a standard controller, which I found out trying to yeah. set up the controller for the virtual pinball machine because yeah. uh, I have to go from my At Legends mini. Uh, USB-A to USB-A, which I bet you don't have one of those cables. You'd have to go buy um, one. An A to an uh, A. Yeah, yeah. The, the the only one I had came with a hard drive that I've just sent off to somebody. There you go. And I hope I, <laughs> I taped the hard drive, the cable to the hard drive, uh, because they're sending me some data, this for work. <laughs> kind of, please... Please don't forget to return that cable. Otherwise, yes. I'm not be able to read the computer. Exactly. Drive. Yep. Yeah. Um, so it, it doesn't work, but I'll just leave it at that. It doesn't work. Yeah. And I've tried it in a couple different programs. Uh, it just doesn't work. Um, but it is a nice PC in and of itself. And if you stay within your lane, it's fine. But the moment you need to tweak anything, it's awful. It's just awful. And Microsoft has done a really good job of hiding shit now. Yeah. 
I mean, I okay, show me the programs installed on this machine. Well, on an, on a Mac, I go to my hard drive and I go to applications, right? Yeah. Find them on a PC nowadays. So there's two places. There is control panel where you can add remove programs and sometimes you have to go to there because older apps will only be installed and uninstalled from that screen. Yep. And then they have like a replica of that in the new more modern Windows 11 settings app um, that sometimes you can uninstall apps from. Uh, and then there are other types of apps that just don't appear in that list and you need to go and try and un- find them and un- uninstall them manually. It's awful. Uh, and then and then there's portable apps, which actually you don't install at all. They just run. Um, and so you have to know it's portable in order to be able to do that. Yeah, um, it's terrible. And then, of course, there's store apps, which you get from Microsoft, which kind of install and uninstall in uh, in the inter- in the store interface, kind of like you'd likely do on an iPhone, um, and that and that's before we get into uh, the various. Div- There's a WinGet repository now, which allows you to download apps from the command line, like you're on Linux. Um, the problem with <laughs> with Microsoft is that they never throw anything away, so all of these things are there forever. And then different people will use different parts of that ecosystem depending on how bothered they are, what framework they're using. I feel like Microsoft has given up on Windows. I I would say it's definitely not their main focus nowadays. Um, I don't even think it's in the top ten. Yeah, it's very important. It is important to them, but it's only important as a gateway to the rest of their ecosystem. Yeah, I think they they got to a point where they're like, you know what, this is good enough. We're just not going to – there's no more major things. Yeah. Okay, so so the guy who was running Windows has just left the company. Yeah, uh, for a, a guy reason. called Panas Panay. Uh, he's gone to Amazon, um, and apparently um, he was pretty unhappy about some of the decisions coming down from the top recently. And I think that is because Windows is getting Windows is getting less less of a focus. Windows is not Microsoft's main business now. Their main business is is Azure in the cloud. And then there's a secondary thing to that, the Microsoft 365 services. Yep. Uh, and everything is now pivoting to support that. So Windows is, oh, and, and AI Copilot, which is what they've just announced this week. They're all their AI stuff. That's their latest kind of bee in their bonnet, if you like. Everything else in Windows is just, uh, Windows is there just to service that ecosystem. And in fact, you know, I think Microsoft is a better company for that. The fact that you can now run these apps on Macs, on iPads on iPhones, but it doesn't on have to Android be devices or. on the cloud. The, they, they've basically they've said we don't care where you access our services from as long as you access them, and that has naturally de-emphasized Windows because it always used to be Windows first, then everything else. And yes, the problem but it is doesn't the, have to be either or, David. No, it's not. It's not. It's it, they. They don't care where. They don't really care where you come from, and that means that Windows has received much less emphasis inside Microsoft. Exactly. And the people who are building Windows, uh, you know, I talked talked to Bingham about Apple noodling. Well, that's kind of what they're doing on Windows now. It's all being noodled with. That's why the interface has changed. Things are moving around. Features disappear and then come back. Um, it, the Windows 10, 11, uh, and what will be Windows 12 later on this year or beginning of next year are all basically that that kind of thing. In in my company, we stopped. We all of a sudden we found we couldn't buy Windows ten PCs anymore, um, and we had to buy Windows eleven PCs. And we were a bit concerned about that. That actually, um, some of our users might struggle with it, and maybe some of our uh, cloud policies and things wouldn't work. So anyway, we tried a few out, 
and uh, it makes no difference whatsoever because basically Windows 11 is just Windows 10 underneath with yes. a different front a, end on it. Yeah, a little bit of window dressing as well. Yeah. No pun intended. Exactly. So it's all noodling, uh, and very often what they do is, is they make it worse because they add they are adding ads everywhere through the interface now. Yes. It's turning into an ad-supported operating system that you get for free. Um, and a lot of people don't really want that. And, um, yeah, I spend a lot of my time in work trying to figure out how to turn off things that we don't want, uh, whether they be from the supplier or from Microsoft themselves. So I'm constantly having to write policies turning off the new search bar because that takes you to Bing and... Um, edge and that's the only way you do it and most of our users don't use edge don't want to use edge uh, don't want to be tracked by edge they certainly don't want ads from edge um and the, the other thing as well is typical dumb advertising where it advertises to you things you've already got and you think bloody hell microsoft you should be able to tell i'm logged into microsoft 365 right why are you, you should kind of know that so why are you showing me ads yeah. showing how great microsoft 365 is are you trying to make <laughs> me feel good about my purchase here or what <laughs> yeah, exactly. what are you doing Yep. Yeah, you know, and, I'm, and I'm, we're paying, obviously, for Microsoft 365 Enterprise Edition, so we're paying, like, 40, 50 quid a month yes. per user for the privilege of being advertised for the consumer version that nobody wants or needs. Right. So, uh, yeah. yeah, there's all that sort of stuff. So uh, I kind of feel you, yeah. you know. It, it's, um, it's garbage for the some of it, but the hardware itself is it's fine. I mean... And actually, Windows is a... Apart from all of that, if you can move past all of that, Windows is a hell of a lot better than it used to be. Yeah. It used to be very, very buggy. It's not anywhere near as buggy anymore. Um, and yeah, there are, like any OS, there are tricks and workarounds and tools and things like that you have to do. But actually, the the core experience of getting a Windows PC up and running is so much better than it used to be. Now. Oh, I will say that. No, no you know, question. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, I've just wiped and rebuilt eight PCs because I'm doing a presentation on Tuesday and we need a laptop on each desk running a video. So I had to wipe them all and get them to the same configuration. And that would have been like four or five days work back in the day. You know, even only a few years ago. And actually, I was able to do it in uh, an afternoon, all eight of them, because it's just so easy now. Well, the one problem I came across so. was when I was first setting this up, I signed into Microsoft account. And then one of the questions it asks is to migrate from another computer or set this up as a brand new one. Yep. Okay, so I don't want all the shit that's on my other PC on here. So which option do you yeah. think I ought to pick? Well, so the problem is, is when it when you when it says to do that, it's because it's going to copy down stuff from your Microsoft account. Right. The difficulty is you doesn't nowhere is it documented what is stored in the cloud and what isn't. So actually, if you do that, it's a little bit of a crapshoot about what you're going to get. Well, it still put all the icons on my desktop that's on the other one, which I didn't want on this one. Yeah. So now if so, I delete it from this one, will it delete it on the other so, one? Well, so here's the thing. So you're setting it up as a new – even if you set it up as a new computer. That's what I did. Yeah. There are various things like your icons are probably stored in uh, OneDrive, which is their version of iCloud. Um, and it replicates those des those the desktop, the downloads, and the documents folders between different – machines using your um your microsoft id so those will come across even if you don't want to yeah and that's that's again that's part of part of the but that's one of the reasons why um windows 11 now will 
really tries very hard to make you sign in with a Microsoft account because they want they're a services company now. They want you to use their services. They want you to sign into their account so that it much makes them much easier for them to watch what you're doing. Um, you can create a local account that doesn't do any of that, and then you wouldn't have get, got any of that stuff. But they've kind of hidden away how to do that. Well, but the problem with that is the moment you do sign in to say download something from their store. Yeah. Oh, it turns it on and everything else comes down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it's kind of garbage. I, I get why a lot of people would love it. It, it. Look, every machine, it's got my stuff on it. That's great. Yeah, except, um, heaven forbid, you use a work computer, but you sign into your own account on it. Now all your stuff is there. Yeah, and one of the things I'm very careful to do with my work computers is absolutely not do that. Um and I'm telling users at, at, in our company all the time, which is, you know, use your work ID. Don't ever use your personal IDs for, for your work stuff. Now, this uh, one only came with 16 gigs of RAM. Only. I think that's probably good enough for what we're doing. What do you think? I would say so. Um, I mean, it's only recently a 16 gigs of RAM has become more standard before, yeah. you know, you can, an 8 gig machine would be fine for most people, to be honest. Well, game, some of the games that want. he's going to probably need to be playing yeah. as part of the eSports needs a little bit Yeah, if you And game, RAM is cheap. I mean, six. RAM is dirt cheap. I could upgrade well, this to probably 256 gigs of RAM and it exactly. wouldn't cost that yeah. much. I'll, on a desktop, it's easy to upgrade the RAM, so there's no problem. Obviously, if you're buying a laptop, then you want to try and get it right first time because yeah. you typically, un- unlike the old days when you can actually change the RAM in laptops, you can't do that anymore. Right. So, if anybody wants I to know what this thing looks like, just look at the cover art for this episode. It's going to have the gaming PC on there. Um, speaking of gaming, mm. yeah, did you read all the stuff at Unity? Wow. So i i made an i made uh, an aside about Apple recent uh, back a few minutes ago where I said you know yeah everyone's going oh it's cute with Metal Two and everything I'm going back to my uh, my Unreal Engine so Unity is effectively is 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 Unreal's open source well not open source but kind of independent little brother yes and you know no it's not even a brother because they're not related but it's it's like its competitor yeah keep going for Unity, a second David. Unity is what people use to develop. Um, well, it's it's like my first gaming engine, really. It's um, it's very powerful, but it effectively it's a gaming platform like Unreal. But um, up until recently, it was it's certainly simpler to use than Unreal, and um, it's compatible with different more different languages. Uh, and up until recently, it was much much cheaper to use. Because they basically charge you a license to access whichever level of the software you wanted, and then off you went and you gamed. And in fact, uh, Unity has for many, many years kind of promoted this as one of their key advantages. The CEO of uh, of Unity said a few years ago, said, we charge you once uh, and then that's it. We're not going to charge you anymore. And um, so many people have developed many independent games. This is... It, Unity is very much um, uh, popular in the independent gaming community, and you'll see an awful lot of uh, iPhone games, for instance. Yep. The sort of games that are developed by small teams rather than, you know, the big $200 million development engines um, uh, are developed in Unity. So despite this reputation for, you know, look, we charge you once, we're not going to nickel and dime you and all this sort of thing, recently Unity said, uh, oh, yeah, we're changing all that. We are now going to um, 
charge once you once you get a certain number of uh, installs we're going to charge you for every install 20 cents and um you know depending on how much you sell you're going to owe us all this money and well, they'd also said some time ago, they said, look, we'll never change the terms and conditions and force you to move to the latest terms and conditions. If you want to stay on the version you're on, you can. The problem is they took all of that away. And this time around, they kind of said, well, yeah, the terms and conditions are, are the same. There is no older version you can move to or stay on. And these Everyone's- are retroactive. Yeah, and Which, then by the so way, basically the, the situation countries. was somebody who developed a, a small team of say five people who might develop an indie game that was moderately successful on Steam or on iOS or Android or something, and maybe they've got I don't know two hundred fifty thousand installs out there of people who play the game. All of a sudden, they owe Unity under these terms and conditions a big bill, and not only that, if somebody under the way they did it, it was so cack-handed the way they did it was if somebody pirated the game they would have a way of seeing that there was another unity instance running and they would charge you the extra 20 cents yep and um people are going well hang on a minute well we we didn't we did our game is moderately successful but we didn't develop it with a business plan to pay you this money so if you charge us this money we'll go bankrupt and unity went oh sucks to be you yep uh, and it, it basically it was um, much in the same way that we had that situation with Reddit earlier this year, where all of a sudden the CEO of Reddit gets, yeah, it's going, I'm going to start charging people money because we think you're ripping us off, yeah, and and he literally put several developers out of business doing that. Unity were kind of doing the same thing, reading between the lines. This was, well, you know what? You've paid us a $1,500 for a license and now you're making all this money off this game you made in our engine and we want a piece of that. And, you know, people just sort of said, well, yeah, but you promised you wouldn't do this. Oh, yeah, you know, but yeah, but times change and, you know, things are tough and and it, it caused this epic really quite epic fallout because i don't think there was unlike with reddit where some people kind of said well you know even myself i said occasionally i said you know i can kind of see their point of view in parts of this right with this everyone just said this is wrong yep this isn't fair this isn't right and this flies in the face of everything they've ever told us so sure enough they've walked it back right well and- <laughs> there was a story they they had to close two offices because of death oh breath, yeah they said right that's right now now that I think, came out i think Almost immediately after the massive fallout hit, they were yeah, like, oh, oh, they were looking for sympathy. Yeah. I, I think exactly. it was complete BS. Yeah. I think there was it no was. death threats. They no, were trying well, they, to turn I, the story around. Apparently, one of the, apparently the, the death threat, which wasn't officially reported, right. came on one of their internal slacks. Yep. So it, somebody said, um, who works at Unity, said, this sucks. I'm going to come over there and kill you. And they basically leaked that story to the press yep. and overreacted with closing offices yes exactly to get sympathy exactly now the ceo of uh unity um is a guy who uh used to run ea and when he ran ea it was voted the worst company in the world yep so this is this is the guys heading this up right uh and, a, and last year he was he basically said on the record in an interview he said well you know what any any of our developers who doesn't develop uh, free-to-play apps within app purchases is an effing idiot. And uh, obviously many of their developers said, well, hang on a minute. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah, it's, our, it's our choice, our business model, thank you very much. And how dare you look down on us like that? And he, he had to walk that back. This guy is a cock. Yes. Right? And I suspect all of this is because he wants to put Unity up for sale. Yes. And so he wants to show that they've got revenue coming in so he can juice the purchase price. Yep. Right? And he's so literally... He can make more money. Yeah, he's thrown his customer base under the bus yep. in the interest of that because he's a cock. Yep. And um, it is spectacularly um, wrong-headed. And you know, the problem is they've walked it back and the, the, the um, terms they're coming up with now, which basically is they won't force anybody to accept the new terms. If you developed under the original terms, they won't change them. And then they've um, sweetened the uh, the installed numbers before you have to start paying them. And then also they've said, well, you you tell us how many installs you have. We're not going to be going looking um, or reporting through the engine. You will report to us how many installs you have, and then we will charge you on that basis. So they've basically come up with what they should have done in the first place. But in the meantime, they've burned their entire trust. Yeah, and you know, this was a at this point, there's how many people are going to pick this? If you're starting a new project, are you going with Unity? Hell no. Well, yeah, the problem is because they've demonstrated, even if you like the terms they finally come up with now, they've demonstrated that, that the senior management is minded to say, no, we're changing things and you can suck it up. And uh, nobody wants to work with a company on that, nope. not on that basis. No, so if his so, plan was to increase the revenue so he can sell it for more money, he did exactly the opposite. Uh, and if his if his his plan was to save development costs by basically getting rid of half of his customers, he pulled it, that off too. Yeah, he pulled that one off too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've I've seen some stupid shit. Uh, yeah. This ranks right up there. I tell you what else is stupid shit is yep. um, NFTs. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I, most of us with a brain kind of thought they were stupid. Um, you and I were both the- like, this is the dumbest shit ever. Why is yeah. anybody, you're, you're buying yeah. a digital asset. That's wh- why it, there's no, yeah. you can't make money off of this. It, it doesn't exist. It doesn't and, exist. And it, it can be copied many times, but each copy is individual. So it was like, you know, it, it was effectively saying, well, you, you can have, um, a hundred Pikachu, um, digital cards on, on your computer, yeah. but each one is unique. And how is it unique? Because if you if you go and search through the blockchain, you'll find it has a unique reference that only that one has. Yes. And that makes it unique. The, basically, people were suckered. It was a... Um, it was a scam. It was a, it was a, it was a scam. It was like built... Uh, blockchain's hot technology. Let's build a scam out of it. Lots of people jumped in. Quite a few people got burnt um, in terms of companies because they offered these and then they fell flat on their faces. But anyway, there was a report this week that um, effectively reviewed a lot of the value of existing NFTs. Based they reviewed on their- uh, 73,257 <laughs> of them and found that yep. 69,795 have a market cap of zero. <laughs> yeah. So 95% are worthless. Are worthless. Uh, who could have seen that coming? Mm. <laughs> You know, the whole yeah. crypto, Bitcoin, I, I've got a good friend that's into Bitcoin. You've met him, Rick Stringer. Yeah. yeah. Smart guy, super talented. I love Rick. Yeah. But he's way into Bitcoin, and he even has meetups in, in his hometown and stuff. And it's just like, dude, this is all a scam. 
It's, well, no, it's decentralized. Yeah, that's why it's a scam. That's why you can get ripped off where everything on Bitcoin and you have no recourse at all. It's unregulated. Unregulated. Exactly. And, and, now, and people, I get if you're a strong that... anti-government person, anti-regulation yeah. is is right up there. Except there's reasons we have regulation. So companies can't dump toxic shit in the swimming hole, right? Yeah. In our drinking oh, water. Uh, and not only that, the, the, yeah, and also as well, when it comes to finance, the reason we have finance regulation is to stop people lying to you about a particular financial product making you invest in it and then running away with your money which is what uh nfts and awful lot of cryptocurrency anytime anybody starts new cryptocurrency it's the same thing it's just like you know yeah it, this thing only has value like anything else because people perceive it has value right and as soon as people perceive it doesn't have any value it doesn't have any value and yep. you lose your money yep that's that's the problem and all of these things eventually will collapse and i look don't get me wrong i understand you know not wanting government surveillance and, and worrying about you know if, if you're particularly anti-tax you want to be able to <laughs> do it, move money around without having being troubled by the tax authorities i know that's illegal but some people that's what they want to do you know what if that's what is that what you want you what you want to do that's absolutely fine the problem is is that blockchain and nfts in particular have been sold as some sort of you know it's snake oil some sort of miracle financial product that will make you a lot of money that's the the common thing in all of these is that is that if somebody came to me with an nft and said well you could buy this and it's pretty cool you know but just just be aware it's 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 only worth what you think it's worth i'd be fine with that but no, everyone sells NFTs on the basis of, well, these are limited and these are rare and they will make you a lot of money. And that's why people buy them. And then they find that their money has gone. There's the a website made the that, NFT yes. is rich. Yes. And you're <laughs> yeah. not. And you're not. There's a great website that I bookmarked a long time ago. It's called Web3 is going just great. I don't know if you've ever looked at this. Yeah, no, I've seen, I've seen it. Yeah, and, and it basically it shows all these negative articles where it where it's proved that it's 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 low. All this rubbish. stuff is just a scam. It, it, you're going if you're way into Bitcoin and, and blockchain and all this crap, you're going to lose money. It's well, all a scam. No. There's no regulation. Right, let, let, There's let, too many thieves. Just, yeah, let me just moderate that. The, the, not everybody. Look, there are lots of people who are making a lot of money out of blockchain and NFT, and by probably right? ripping people off. Yeah, by ripping by by ripping people off. And the reality is, is that is that what it sh what it isn't is a long term investment. Anybody who wants to drop some money into blo into Bitcoin in the hope that it has one of these massive rises and then you sell it on again you know and you're going to make money like doing that but you the, the point is is that the likelihood is in the long term you will lose money it's basically gambling you are you are gambling that things that are outside of your control will inflate the value of what you've got and then you can cash out before the value collapses that is it, effectively it is gambling and if you go into it with that and you've got the spare cash to do it that's fine but the problem is people are being suckered into thinking well this is a safe place to put your investments for the future and and effectively they're losing their savings and that's the problem balancer uh, front end compromise balancer issued an urgent warning to stop using its web interface as it was eventually compromised by malicious or actors who directed the funds to themselves within 30 minutes of the tweeted warning two hundred forty thousand dollars had already been stolen this is the second theft from balancer in a month 
after it warned of a critical vulnerability on August 22nd, and that vulnerability was exploited for about $2 million several days later. Uh, and here's the other problem with these products, which is the people selling them are very good at selling things. They are not very good at writing software. Yep. Uh, and the blockchain itself, you can argue about how secure blockchain is, technology is, but the point is if it's got a crappy web front end that can be hacked, then you could lose your money that way. And Even that's the, the ones that is. people thought were, okay, This the, a big company is finally behind this. Let's say something like, oh, I don't know, FTX. Yep. Oh, look, FTX is doing it right. They got all these um, sports guys and actors, and th- this is a legit company. Oh, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Turns out the guy who was running it was skimming all the money away. And it was basically running, he was literally running Ponzi schemes because he was taking the money from one account and using it to fund another one. The billionaire uh, crypto evangelist Mark Cuban apparently fell victim to a hack. <laughs> When an attacker was able to siphon around $870,000 in multiple cryptocurrencies from a wallet belonging to him. Huh. Yeah. And he's a big booster of the crypto shit. Well, he can afford to lose $870,000, fortunately for him. But um, many other people can't. Uh, and uh, yeah, that, um, th- here's the other thing. A lot, all the things that crypto promised. I'm talking about not... I'm not talking about... Um, uh, these objects now i'm talking about um the basic you know uh, bitcoin and all of that the things it promised that you could trade you could trade money and you couldn't be tracked wrong because the, the uh, blockchain records every transaction that um you know it wasn't visible to the government wrong plenty of people who've you know the silk road and all that sort of thing they got all their transactions tracked down by forensic accountants by the government yeah uh, you can avoid taxes. Wrong, because see, see, last point. The government, if they want to, can find out what you've been up to. Yeah, it's it's, it's safer than putting money in a bank. Wrong, because the exchanges you use can be uh, normally crap and can be hacked. And once somebody gets into it, then it's easy to move money out your Bitcoin wallet. Yeah, all of the things that you promised don't exist. Yeah, so at this point, it's just such an unsafe thing to mess around with. Yep. And lastly. In our ongoing, Elon Musk is a fucking (laughs) Nazi. So, someone reported, hey, Twitter, this account is posting shit anti-Semitic and racist. And Uh, and the account name kind of did what it said on the tin. So, this was a part of Twitter's response. Hello. After reviewing the available information, we want you to know, we want to let you know that Gas the Jews 6969 hasn't broken our safety policy. <laughs> Gas the Jews 6969. Yeah. What the actual. Really? I know. Yeah. It, I think this is pretty much the end of Twitter or X or whatever the fuck it's called now. Well, he, he's he's announced this week that he wants to charge everybody to use it. Which, yeah, um, he'll walk no, that it's, back it's because like, yeah. he'll lose ninety percent of everyone using it. Yeah. Well, it, already, I I mean, even as as somebody who doesn't use it, every now and again you get redirected to a Twitter link. Mm-hmm. Unless you log in, you can't see it now. So yeah. I don't log in and I don't see it. Yeah. Um. You know, he's already he, effectively he, killed it for you. Well, it's, yeah, it's killed it for a lot of people, I think. I um, still post the uh, headlines from MyMac.com on there, but that's it. Yeah. It, it's... Yeah. But the problem is, is that, uh, 
like many things Musk, all the things he promised he was going to do, he's not done. And all the horrible things he has done, he's mostly not walked back. So, um, yeah, it's just a to- it's a it was always a toxic platform, but now it's even more of a toxic platform. Yeah. In the past, it became toxic because of the users. And, and despite the best efforts of the owners, now the owner has gone, well, uh, toxic is what I like. So there you go. Yep. Shocker. With that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. We'll be back uh, soon. Uh, we're on the march to 500, David. On the march to 500. Um, I, I will I will have a cupcake on my desk when we do 500. Yeah, I'm I'll have something. Quietly. Nobody will know. Yep, I'll get some Ritz crackers or something. <laughs> I'll see you then, David. See you then, bye.